0: Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Palanger, aka Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 167. Let's roll. And this is the moment you have all been waiting for. I love it. Every single year last week was Felix Sharp. I love that episode. This one is going to be an annual tradition. If I have anything to do about it, this is the Ray Garvin pod. My gosh, I mean, two great college minds back to back and who knows, they may have some differing opinions. I can't wait to find out. I am sure you are all with me on this one. So without further ado, I'm not going to have any beginning of the show nonsense. Mr. Ray, Ray Garvin's time is valuable. I want to get as much of it as possible. I am greedy. So without further ado, I'm going to bring out one of the best, one of the best college football minds out there and one of the most entertaining people that I can be around. I love listening to him talk. I love talking with him. And most of y'all absolutely love Mr. Ray Garvin. So, Ray GQ, what is going on, my brother?
1: I love how you said most of y'all, most of y'all. Well, love if there's Ray some GQ. that don't,
0: they're gonna change that tune this
1: right now. Yeah, man. I, you know, hopefully, hopefully, here's my thing. You know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I, I try really hard to to show love and respect to just about everybody in the space. And I think one of the things that we need to start to do in 2024 and beyond, and if this fantasy season hasn't taught any of us this lesson it really should have like we're gonna be wrong man we're gonna be wrong we're gonna be right and at the end of the day man this isn't even a game it's a proxy for a game that other people play like let's just be cool man like let's just be cool we don't have to agree (laughs) we're not always going to agree on prospects or particular strategies but at the end of the day like this is a small niche community um, it's a very tight community and I love everybody. I got love for everybody, man. Whether we agree, whether we disagree, like, I just don't have time for the bullshit. Not anymore. Not at this stage. You know, I've I've done this for too long. Um, I'm going to continue to do this for a long time because I am good at what I yeah. do. And I show absolutely. a lot of respect to, to everybody, man. So Jax, for you having me on, it's absolutely going to be an annual tradition. That's just what we do at the top of the, every year. We're going to get together. We're going to talk prospects. And uh, I'm excited, man. So thank you for bringing me back to your platform and all the dope stuff y'all are doing. Cause you're talking about Thanks. me. Y'all are doing some dope stuff as well, man.
0: Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And, you know, it, one of the things that happens on this show, because, you know, look, if you do a show with the same person every week, you kind of fall into a little bit of a pattern, a little bit of a rhythm. One of the challenges that I have is that I try to have a different, um, you know, person on every week. And so I have to be ready to challenge my own, you know, self. Otherwise, I'm just, you know, either agreeing or arguing or whatever. I like to really ask the questions, you know, get some different perspectives. And, you know, uh, I, I I said it, you know, on, on Theo's show. I shows there this morning with Theo uh, Gremminger on the Dynasty Life show. And I said, right now, at this time of year, I'm asking more questions than I am answering them you know, and, and so I'm happy to ask questions. I'm happy to, one of the sayings on this show is be ready to be wrong. So I'm with you a thousand percent with what you had to say and man, don't take yourself too serious. I mean, we, you know, yeah, with your takes, it's like, how could you be so emotionally invested in is a player good or not? It's like, no, I guess he wasn't good. Fuck it. Move on. You know, I, what do you want me to do about it? You know, it's like, I'm all good with it. You know, we're going to, we're going to try and figure out the process and you know, that's one of the things I love about you is that you have changed and evolved over the years. Um, maybe talk a little bit about your process. I know that was something that was asked I, I, you know, by some of the listeners, but also I'm kind of curious about it. And I do want to give you an opportunity to talk about the Trinity as well.
1: Yeah, man, it's it's about growth and learning. And I think the best learning advice that that I can give or that I've learned myself is through failure and through being wrong and through things that didn't work and you know there was a point in time Jax where if you were a small shifty yak wide receiver that didn't get any air yards you didn't get any I'm all over you are you making everybody miss in college you're gonna make a miss in the league and as we all know, it doesn't quite work that way. You know, it's one thing to make Pac-12 wide receivers miss an open space, but it's not going to happen against San Francisco and the Dallas Cowboys on a consistent right. basis. So for me, uh, my process, it, it is, um, it has definitely evolved to a more analytical approach, especially with certain positions. There are certain positions where I just don't even touch because it, it, it's, it's not a good use of time because we're all so wrong when it comes yeah. to quarterbacks. It's just so yes. difficult to get that. and, What I try to do now is, is focus on the skill set of the player. And I pay a lot of attention to the teams, man. One of the big sayings that I said in 2023 is don't ignore what the teams are telling you. Don't ignore what the teams are telling you. San Francisco told us for a very long time who they wanted to play quarterback. And a lot of people, because their own personal evaluation process told them X player was better than the other. So therefore this can't be, be the case. The teams told us what they wanted to do the entire time. So for me, my process is still uh, rooted in a foundational approach of can you play based on the film? Um, But I do incorporate a high level of analytics and data into that process now. And I also... I'm starting to really trying to dive into how teams operate. What type of schemes do they run? How often do they run 11 personnel? I want to know how many times three wide receivers are on the field, and is it worth investing in a wide receiver for when the base formation for a team is 12 personnel? Why do you want the wide receiver four when they don't even play four wide receiver sets? So right. for me, it's a little bit of NFL film and a lot of data and a lot of analytics.
0: You know, it's funny you say that because... You know, I was mostly all analytics, and I've actually started to incorporate more film, and I, and I think that just speaks to both of our, you know, growth because, you know, I'm like, yeah, I think I think I've got an edge now to gain from watching a little bit more film. Yeah, I'd done some film, but I actually wasn't, I don't know how to explain it, but I wasn't, I, I played football, I know what to see, but I wasn't necessarily good at using it to help me evaluate things, if that makes sense. So I was like, I don't want to. incorporate a a data point that i don't think has any merit for me not for others but for me and now i've started to know what i want to see and i think it's a lot of the same things that you're talking about which is utilization right so in other words i want to know what a guy can do you know like we're going to get there but like you know we're going to talk about like troy franklin and tez walker and players like that it's like i want to see whether or not they can run intermediate routes i want to see whether or not they can win at the catch point on the outside because I want to know whether or not that, that player can do that or not, or whether they've ever been asked to do that or not. Maybe they don't, you know, they're not asked to do that. They only played in the slot or whatever. And so sometimes, you know, the, and you're right, the league will then also tell us with draft capital, with other signings, with other bits of information, what their intentions are with player X or player Y. And, you know, and then just trying to put all that puzzle pieces together. And then still, after all of that, be ready to be wrong.
1: You hit the nail. I mean, there's nothing else for me to add. I mean, that's that is it right there, man.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, <laughs> hey, man, and and you know, I think you're a father of two. I think you, you mentioned your kids like six and four, mine are like 10 and seven. And you start to parent kids and you start to see things a little bit different again because, like, you know, that's a whole challenge in and of itself. And you know, when you're a single guy, you think got the world figured out, and you start to bring some damn kids into this whole thing, you're like, holy smokes, that. I, I got I got challenges I didn't know existed you know so
1: uh. it's funny you bring up kids in the context of um fantasy football and what teams are telling us and I'll just say this man my my son is a pretty good baseball player and that's not dad talk like he's pretty yeah. good he's you you could tell he's not good at some but he's pretty good at baseball. and one of the things that I've noticed man as as helping him coach uh, helping his coach as an assistant head coach is coaching does matter. And even at a little kid level at six, five and six Mm -hmm. years old, you'd be surprised how many parents are like, we want our boys to play on that team because we see how you guys operate a practice. We see how you have them line up before the start of the game. Like we want our child associated with good coaching. And I know that's five and six years old, But it doesn't stop as you go to high school, you know, when you're, if you're fortunate enough to have a child that is in, in, in that athletic realm, or even academically, you want to put your kid in those situations and environments where their creative juices, where their athletic prowess can, can shine and flourish and be nurtured and, and grow, right? There's no difference between what's happening at this young child level is the NFL like you yeah. want your players to be surrounded by competent decision makers, competent coaching staffs, and it's just it comes full circle. And I've noticed it now that we had we had to tell parents like we we can only hold twelve, we can only roster twelve. And yeah. luckily <laughs> for us, our team is so good that we're getting converted to an elite squad. But still, point is, coaching matters. And I'm not here to be a coach worshiper. I know Matt Kelly, my dog Matt's like we don't yeah. worship coaches. But there is something about a competent offensive scheme and putting those players in positions to be successful. So when I say pay attention to what teams are telling you, there are certain situations where you could sit back today and say, this is probably a good spot. And and to your point, be prepared to be wrong because everybody in their mama said Houston was going to be a dumpster fire and you don't want any part of anybody on that offense, and then come to find out, you get a competent head coach, a creative offensive mind at the at the offensive coordinator position, and now you want every damn piece of the Houston Texans that you can get. So um, I'm excited to dive into tonight, man. We got a yeah. lot to talk about. By
0: the by the way, I'm gonna hit it quick, but I think. I have never really uh, challenged Matt straight up and I'll give him an opportunity to to debate me on this, but I think he misses the boat on that take. I do think he's got the Genesis of the right idea, which is that there are some coach worshipers who forget that the players actually are the ones that make the plays. I mean, Bill Belichick famously said, you know, "I, I don't do anything without good players. The players get all the credit. I don't do shit, you know, and, and, and that's being, you know, modest or humble, but, you and I both played. I know you played at a higher level than me, but we played at high enough levels each where I know for a fact that coaching matters. I know yes. for a fact scheme matters. I know for a fact preparation matters. I know for a fact adjustments matter. I know for a fact all these things matter. And they matter down to the smallest details. If you're if you're running a run play and the guard is asked to 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 double, in other words, block a, a lineman and then go reach to a linebacker, and he's not good enough to do that. And you keep trying to do that. That's just a small little adjustment in the interior of the guard, and it's like on one kind of run, you need to fix that. You know, you need to have the ability to fix that at any level, let alone all the in- intricacies at the NFL level. I'm just talking about a small little detail. These are these details are magnified and exemplified. At the NFL level, and these coaches matter way, 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 way more. Now, the, the 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 flip side of that is we don't always know who's good and who isn't. We don't know, you know, all the best offensive line coaches. We don't know how good this offensive coordinator gets along with the head coach. Yada yada. But that in uh, institutional uh, makeup matters to these to these teams. Do, do you agree with that take?
1: A hundred percent, one hundred percent. And I think. I'm going to give somebody the million dollar idea right now. And I'm telling you it's the million dollar idea and I'm, I'm kicking you free game because I don't want to have to do it. I want somebody else to do it so I can just use it. I, I, I I think the biggest missing component in my opinion, in the entire fantasy football space is the lack of educational awareness around offensive schemes and what that means. Cause here's what we do. This is what we yeah. do every single year. We just assume, oh, uh, uh, Matt Canada's still in Pittsburgh, but you know what? They they drafted an offensive lineman. They brought in Darnell Walsh. Offense is going to be better. Oh, right. this 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 team brought in this guy. It's going to be, but we don't have any idea, anything else. There's no coaching tendencies. There's no sort of place or tool that we can go to that says the Los Angeles Rams under Sean McVay, since he took over that organization, Runs 11 personnel 97% of the time. And the reason why that's important is because in the situation where Cooper Cup goes down, in the situation where Tutu Atwell is out, immediately your mind should shift and say, whoever the wide receiver three is, I need them because they run historically. Three yeah. wide receiver sets, 90s. I don't give a damn what you think about Demarcus Robinson. And here's Bingo. the thing. Most people, Jax, saw him on waivers. Oh, he's a bum. I don't want – I'm not wasting fab on Robinson. That's right. He would have helped you win some weeks. I think damn it is right. a missing – crit. or take it this way. I'm. I'm going to give you one that's really about to knock your socks off. We sat back at the start of last season and said we just assumed – since Bijan Robinson was being drafted by the Atlanta Falcons, he was going to be the one to get 350 touches because Algier did well last year, but they got a better running back and they're going to give him all the work, go back and look at what Arthur Smith has done as an offensive coordinator from the time he took over in Tennessee. He's deployed multiple backs. It doesn't matter who he had. He was going to run two running backs, no matter what. So at that point, the expectation For what we had Bijan Robinson to do, despite the fact that he could or could not do it from a talent perspective, that situation from day one, you should have known he probably ain't getting no 30 carries a game. It's probably not going to happen. Tyler Algier is going to be involved, whether you like it or not. And you know what we did from week one to week 18? Oh man, maybe next week Bijan to get 25 carries. Next week, it's got it. And Algier just kept going out there and kept getting opportunities. So the more we know, I'm not saying it's your Bible. I'm not saying that's where your starting point is. But after you look at the film, you analyze the data, maybe that final layer of analysis is what do they do? And not what we think they do, but quantifiable data that says it is more likely than not they are going to use multiple running backs on a consistent basis. It's more likely than not they're going to run three wide receiver sets for this team the more we can delineate and understand offensive situations in conjunction with the awesome tools and information that we currently have, I think it can make us all better.
0: Yeah. Offensive tendencies, easy for me to say, offensive schemes, uh, you know, uh, positional groupings, all that stuff does matter. You know, it's interesting. I've got a, we just brought on Dan Wisner and I love him. He's like, literally like, my, my right hand man. Now he's my, my boy, but, um, he, he actually texted me today with a sort of, uh, article that he's thinking about writing kind of to this end. So it's kind of ironic that you mentioned it. So we are actually starting to dip our toes in, but that's a hard one to do. Cause you know, again, you, you got to make sure that what you're bringing to the table actually matters. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you got to make sure you know what you're talking about. There, there's a lot there, but, uh, I love that. That's, that is true. That's a million dollar idea and it should be utilized. Um, and uh, and and I want to start. I want to start this conversation about the twenty twenty four class. I mean, God, you and I could talk about nothing. We could literally put nothing on the show sheet and just start ripping and rapping, and we would go for friggin' hours. So, but I do want to talk about the twenty twenty four class, and we're gonna start with the quarterbacks right after this. All right, welcome back. Thank you so much. We're going to talk about the 2024 quarterbacks. Ray, I can't wait. By the way, uh this <laughs> this morning. You ever do something so stupid with your like like um you ever embarrass your kids or, you know, I maybe they're too young. They don't get embarrassed by you yet or whatever. My daughter's 10, so she's like, you know, I can embarrass her. You know what I mean? Do you, do you ever
1: My my, my six, almost seven year old is start. I noticed it when I dropped him off at kids night out. I tried to give him a kiss and he kind of ran off. He didn't want daddy to give him a kiss. He's starting to get there where he gets embarrassed. Yes.
0: There you go. So like this morning I'm, I'm like, you know, my, my daughter's like telling me, Hey, you know, use this Spotify uh, DJ. You ever, you ever use a Spotify DJ?
1: Oh man, come on, baby.
0: Okay. Okay. Hey, you know, not everybody's, you know, down with the (laughs) DJ. So the DJ, you know, he talks to you, it's pretty cool. So my daughter's telling me to use my DJ. And and so the the song by Billy Ocean, Caribbean Queen comes up. Are you familiar with this tune?
1: I'm you not are. familiar with this tune. No. You do know it.
0: You do know it. You I guarantee you, if I play Caribbean Queen for you, you're gonna know it. Okay. And so, you know, it's it's a fucking 80s, like, you know ripper r&b like i yeah it's just it, you know it's like right, right there with like uh lionel richie you know what i mean it's like okay, lionel okay, Ritchie, okay, billy okay. ocean like you know caribbean queen he's just rock and uh you know we're and it's a fucking jam you know and so you know I, i'm pulling into school and i got this thing on like fucking 11 you know what i mean the thing goes to 10 it's on 11 just ripping it with them you know my sons and you know and my daughter's like turn that down now Cause like there's people out in front of the school and this is definitely the type of song you don't, you know, it's like, it's not cool. It's eighties or whatever. It's (laughs) eighties fucking soul R and B, you know, called Caribbean queen. You know what I mean? It's just like completely not what they want. They're, you know, very white dad with, you know, just rolling up and we're just cranking it there. She's like, dear God, please turn that shit down. You know? So of course I kind of did, but that we got a few, we got a few looks and uh, yeah. So I just thought. I thought that was, that's hilarious. You know, you know, you just, you got to embarrass your kids. Fuck them. They, you know, they're going to take it. You know, they're going to, they're going to know that their dad's, you know, ripping Caribbean queen on the way. in. I don't know what that oh, has man. to do with anything, but you know, maybe we'll, I think we're going to play Caribbean queen a little later in the show. All there right. We go. So we go. yeah, we're going to play later in the show. All right. So look, this quarterback class to me actually is, is very interesting and I don't want to spend a ton of time on it, but I do. I do have some questions about this, this quarterback class. And, you know, I think it all starts with Caleb Williams. And, you know, I did a a, a two-round mock this morning with Mr. Theo Greminger on his show. And the two-round mock was just rookies and just first-year players, right? So it was like CJ Stroud, Anthony Richardson, you know Bryce young and then these quarterbacks superflex and it's like one of those things it's like you know so so I really had to start thinking about you know where that 101 starts to play obviously I took we, we, we took Stroud I have I actually took Anthony Richardson ahead of the 1.01 now I'm not like strident in that take but I would ask you the, the question this way how many NFL quarterbacks do you think you would take ahead of the 1.01? Uh, assuming it's Caleb Williams in this draft.
1: And uh, do you want to just keep it with some of the recent rookies like you and Theo did? No, 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 like no, the,
0: it, All of them. I just, I just mentioned the thing because it like got me thinking about it, you know, but no, no, all of them. Like, so you know, where I, do you I think, think the, he slots in
1: the answer to this question? And I, I'm not trying to straddle the fence. Mm. It depends on what you, it depends on your objective from sure. a value perspective, from a yeah. value, if you're truly just drafting the player as an asset that you can liquidate and turn into something else, yep. I think he's probably inside that top nine, Caleb Williams, yeah. if you want to go there, from an asset perspective. I, I agree I with think that most, sure. I think most Dynasty gamers, and I'm not looking at you and I'm not talking to Theo, but most people who consume your content, who consume mine, would probably rather have a shot at Caleb Williams over Kyler Murray, over Trevor Lawrence. And you know, I think people even with Herbert to a degree, you might be like, yep. eh, I may take Caleb over Herbert. So if you're looking at it from a value perspective, the thing that I can liquidate the easiest, he's probably a top 8 quarterback. If I got to plug him into my lineup today, 12, 13, 14, yeah. give me Kyler, give me Anthony Richardson, give me like, they're, right. they're probably a handful, more than a handful of quarterbacks that I would rather insert into my starting lineup for production opposed to banking on any of those rookie quarterbacks, Caleb Williams, Drake May, or Jaden Daniels.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it 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 becomes interesting, and I think the the bigger conversation, and it's hard to have the player take because you're right. You know what do I know? Like obviously, if Caleb hits his ceiling, then you want him somewhere around the Burrow Stroud, right? You know, if he hits, if he busts out, well, shit, give me, you know, he's Bryce Young or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know what he's going to be. I do think he's a better prospect than Bryce Young for sure, and obviously, I want him well ahead of that type of value. But like, you know, if I know what's going to happen, it's easier to say you know, where I want them. Um, but yeah, you're balancing out that ceiling versus bust potential because here's the thing. We don't ever see a bust. We don't, we don't see them. We, I mean, look, I actually kind of thought Zach Wilson was going to bust, but you know, we, that you know, whatever, we just don't know which ones are going to bust, which ones aren't. And so, you know, whether it was Trey, nobody saw Trey Lance busting, right? Remember that, you know, everybody I do was, remember it. nobody, I do
1: remember- Nobody, Not
0: one person, nobody, nobody. He was a first round super flex startup as a rookie. Kyle Shanahan, it. baby. Yeah, it's going to happen. Right. Um, so, you know, we don't see it coming. And so therefore, you know, you have to play a little bit of that game where you say, hey, you know, upside versus downside. Well, downside is really far down there. I'll just tell you that. Now, if he goes first overall, which he most likely will, there's a lot less downside. So I, I agree with you. I think he's in that in, in that range. Um, you know, so anyway, that's my two cents on the quarterbacks. I, I tend to fade these rookie quarterbacks maybe to my detriment. I, I have a hard time. And I just think it's because, you know, if you ask me put a percentage, um, you know, whether or not these players hit or not Drake may versus like Malik neighbors, it's like, they're not close. You know, it's not close. Malik neighbors is a much higher percentage of just hitting, you know, good to above average player you know, then, than Drake may, it's just, it's just, that's the numbers, you know, but if Drake may hits his ceiling and, 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 and gets there, well, then you have a, a quarterback in a super flex league. Very, very valuable. I get all that. So anyway, that's just how I see it sometimes. But you know, the, the one I'm wondering about is, is the Jaden Daniels versus Drake may, because, uh, you know, I, when I see Jaden Daniels, I see a little bit of Lamar Jackson and, If he gets that draft capital, which it sounds like he's going to, do you have Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May at this particular point?
1: I do. He's my quarterback too in this class uh, right now. I made that adjustment uh, probably a month ago. And when I say that, it is not an indictment on Drake May. I believe Drake May is still a fantastic quarterback prospect. But in the constructs of how we operate and what I'm looking for, I mean – Jaden Daniels had one of the most efficient seasons in college football history from a passing perspective in the SEC and his 2022 season on a transitional LSU team with Brian Kelly, just coming over from Notre Dame, Kay Sean kind of busting out the way that he did. He was still incredible then. So for me in the game and the spirit of what we do in fantasy football, yes, I have, I have Jaden Daniels as quarterback too in this class right now.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's based off of upside. I mean, if you were just betting on which guy would, uh, you know, be a productive starter in five to 10 years in the NFL, your bet is even on those guys. Or do you think maybe Drake may have a little bit more firm floor or do you just kind of like Jaden Daniels? Uh, you know, what, wh- what do you think about that sort of, I, I don't uh,
1: even care about floor. I don't want a yeah. floor quarterback. I don't give right, a right. shit about a floor quarterback. I am to go find a floor quarterback is Derek Carr and I don't have yep. to pay anything for him. I'm looking at if he hits what he's potentially capable of doing, of being a 800 perennial, 750 to 800 yard rusher in the NFL. I'm not even saying a thousand yards. That's kind of, that's different level, right? If he can yep. give me five to six to 700 yards on the ground, be an efficient thrower of the football. Uh, yes, I, I want him. And I believe that Jaden Daniels and you started the segment off saying that, you know, Anthony Richardson, you took him above uh, the 101 and, I agree with you in the sense of I've seen Anthony Richardson in the NFL, but if I were yeah. looking at those two as prospects, Jaden Daniel would be a higher rated prospect than Anthony Richardson for me. Right. And I was a rich truther numero uno. But yes, you were. But equal ground, them both coming out, I would prefer Jaden Daniels, his passing. And the thing that I love about him is it didn't just start last year. There's something to be said about a true freshman stepping on a power five field which he did at Arizona state in 2019. And he was good, really good as a true freshman. So this is a young man who's only gotten better and better as time has gone on. And he bet on himself, making that transfer to LSU going to the sec thing where things could have gone really wrong for him. And he just kind of killed his stock and he's done nothing but elevate. So for me, uh, yes, he is my quarterback too. I, I don't, I don't want to invoke the name Lamar Jackson, but he does have some Lamar Jackson in his game. He sure and just does. As a thrower of the football, I think he's a little more advanced and developed than what Lamar was coming out of Louisville.
0: Yes. And
1: no, Lamar's a thousand times better than Jaden Daniels. Let's get that clear right now. Well, Lamar but is coming out ceiling. as I mean he's done amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I I think Daniels is quite a bit further along in his development of playing quarterback than Lamar Jackson was when he came out of Louisville.
0: Hey, on a, uh, you know, compared to, I mean, I remember Lamar as a prospect just had that. He had a lot of zip on the ball and I know Jaden has been more efficient. I've seen that. And I know he's got the athleticism. Uh, Just a quick kind of secondary take. Do you think he's got the arm strength that Lamar had or is it more or less same?
1: Lamar has a cannon. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't believe he's got the arm strength of Lamar, but Lamar's got a Lamar's got a cannon of an arm.
0: Yeah, I, that's what I was wondering. I didn't think it was there, but that's not taking anything away from Jaden Daniels. No. Do you have Jaden Daniels closer to overtaking Caleb Williams at the at the quarterback one, or closer to falling behind Drake May during the process? It's a good question. Wasn't on the show sheet.
1: Wasn't on the show sheet.
0: <laughs> it's a tough one.
1: Here's my thing. I I want to be challenged. I want somebody to tell me he is closer to Caleb Williams. I I feel like it's been Caleb for so long that we just think it's just Caleb. Yeah. But nobody really just tells you why. Like, why is it? Why is it him big gap than everybody else? So the, the correct answer is for fantasy football, he's probably here's the thing. One of the things that made Caleb Williams special in college was his ability to run around and extend plays. Jaden Daniels is a better rusher of the football than Caleb Williams. So I do not believe Caleb is going to have that type of, let's compare their rushing styles like this. Caleb Williams, to me, to me, he reminds me, and, and you will really know this name and remember the prospect, but he's older he's more Donovan McNabb in how he rushes opposed to Jaden Daniels is more Lamar. Like he's a yeah. rushing weapon. Caleb reminds me of not from just as a rusher of like McNabb yeah. who can move yeah. around, who can run, but that ain't his calling card. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's where the, the Mahomes um, comps come from with Caleb, you know, he's a real premium uh, prospect and, you know, he does kind of rush, similar to a McNabb or a Mahomes rather than Lamar Hurts, right? So, yeah, I think that's where that comes from. He's got a pretty big arm too, for sure. So, you know, um, okay, here's here's my last one because I want to touch the rest of these quarterbacks. I think I, think I agree with you. I, by the way, I've kind of – I liked your take about moving um, Jaden Daniels up. I mean, I think the only thing that can hurt Jaden Daniels for me – through the process is really just draft capital. You know, if he gets obviously the Malik Willis treatment or something, which I don't foresee of course, but like, obviously that would change my take on, you know, his uh, opportunity and upside dramatically. But you know, I don't think that's going to happen. So uh, what
1: was that trap Jax? Why why was it? Because it it was a lot of people. We told her, we told ourselves this story. You want to talk about draft misses? Yeah. Like Literally. Days before the draft, number two overall, no way he's fallen past six to the Lions. What was that trap? And do you think that 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 is in the range of outcome for Jaden Daniels?
0: I will like, believe even anything. If it's a tad bit. Yeah, I'll believe anything, right? I mean, even Lamar. I mean, I remember when Lamar fell, and you know, I, I it still it still pains me actually because my Patriots had that pick and we traded it, you know, and we 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 traded away and then, and then we had it uh, again, whatever we had that, we took Sony Michelle, a pick in front of, you know, Lamar. And I was like, dude, how can you not take Lamar? I mean, you know, back of the first round, it was just sitting there for us, you know, and it really, it really, yes, it really bugged me. I'll believe anything. And I don't know what it is. Maybe sometimes it can be like, you know, remember the, remember it was um, Mike Tomlin loved Malik Willis and he's hanging with his family at the senior Bowl. bowl. And Malik Willis was helping out um, a homeless person outside the stadium, and Mike Tomlin saw it and cried or something. I mean, there was these these stories, and no way he's getting past Pittsburgh at whatever. And then Pittsburgh has the pick, and they take Kenny Pickett. Um, it was smokescreen, I guess, misinformation, misdirection. Um, I don't know that we've heard that yet with with Jaden. You know, so we'll see how the process plays out. But yeah, I mean, uh, Felix Sharp came on this show. Uh, last year and said Anthony Richardson's going to get drafted ahead of Will Levis and everybody, you know, nobody believed that shit at that time. This was at this time of the year, if you remember right. And then he also said, I don't think Will Levis goes in the first round. And it was like, no fucking way. That's how, ha- I mean, he's top five. He ain't getting past Indianapolis. So I believe it's going to happen way more than we don't think it's going to, you know, it's just going to happen. So I'm ready for it. That's my my point with this is, you know, I, I don't know. What the fuck do we know? You know, I mean, they could just be like, look, he's a fifth-year senior. He's too small. The frame's not there. You know, all the bullshit that knocked even CJ Stroud off the 1.01, you know, some S2 test where, you know, he couldn't identify a triangle fast enough. You know what I mean? It's Like, Jesus Christ. So I, I don't know. I, that's all a bunch of bullshit to me. But if you and I are GMs of, of an organization, right, we're running a team and we're somewhere in the second round, and we're a quarterback-hungry team. We need a quarterback. We have some shit bag like Ryan Tannehill, and that's it. We need to draft somebody. We're on the clock, and all four of these guys are available. In what order do you have them? Uh, the Penix, Pratt, J.J. McCarthy, and Bo Nix. How do you have those guys organized? Who do you want me to draft here? Real football. <sighs> Yeah. McCarthy, mm.
1: Knicks, Penix Pratt. Okay. McCarthy, Knicks, Penix Pratt. Interesting. I don't think McCarthy's ready to play right now. Okay. I don't think he's ready to play right now, and I think it would be a mistake to roll him out day one. But I do think there is something for the fact that he – is not a turnover prone quarterback. That is for me. That is one thing that I just, you see the USC helmet in the back, man. I've been mm-hmm. a USC Trojans fan through and through. And I remember when Darnold got picked what number two overall, number one yeah. overall. And I was just like, dude, this dude was turnover prone in college. And like, yeah. you are who you are a leopard going on change of spots. Like you are who you are for the most part. And he's been yeah. turnover prone since the day he walked in the NFL I'm looking at McCarthy, and he doesn't do that. He can run. He does have athleticism. He has the arm strength. He's just not ready to go. And I think what's working in his favor today is the fact that Jordan Love has found great success in the NFL after sitting and baking and developing for a little bit. Bo Nix, for (laughs) me— You know who he feels like to me? And it's funny. I just got done uh, watching Bucky Irving with the patrons. Literally, that's why I was one minute late to this. We had just wrapped up Bucky Irving film session. Yeah. He reminds me like Mac Jones. He he reminds me of a quarterback, and he's going to get a shot because he just he's that type of quarterback that's going to get an opportunity to play, whether that be for a season, whether that be for three games. He's going to be on the field. He reminds me just of a Mac Jones. He can operate, but I don't know if he can elevate. Michael yeah. Penix was exposed big time, mm. big time. I, I He would have almost done himself a better service, not playing in the game, somehow being hurt and being this mystery prospect opposed to going out there and showing that in the face of pressure, he cannot deliver the ball. He doesn't have a lot of mobility. There's a lot of scheme going on out there in Washington. I, I, mm-hmm. I am very concerned about Mr. Penix. I am very concerned. And I have Pratt at four. And the reason why I have him at four is because I haven't watched a ton of him outside of seeing him play at Tulane. Uh, but we'll see what Pratt can do. I could walk away from the senior bowl and be I like, I was going to say you're going to see that here. might be a guy that, so he's at four by default. I'm not going to knock him, but I haven't looked yeah. at him enough to give you a fair assessment on Pratt.
0: Well, you're going to get a look at, wait, now, uh, Penix is there. Uh, Pratt's there.
1: Who Knicks else is, is there. there?
0: Knicks is there, Knicks. right?
1: And they're on the same team, Knicks and Penix. Mm. So, so that's you'll gonna see be, them. Back you're going to get a
0: chance. Yeah, you're going to get a chance. I mean, not that the Senior Bowl is everything, but it's something. It's something. I think that you probably. I think you even kind of see. Sometimes you can see the zip too. I mean, you know, you just kind of see oh, yeah. the difference in the ball for sure. Um, what else will you think you'd be looking for? I mean, timing, placement, all that stuff. I mean, anything that you're. I mean are you going to be looking at even like kind of how they carry themselves or does that Absolutely. maybe not that? Yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely. It's it when you go to an event like that well, here, you've got the, it's a great opportunity because they don't know who the hell you are. They <laughs> right. have no clue. If you <laughs> right. work for the bangles, if you're representative, of the so they are on right. Right. Majority of the time. Yep. I, Cody Carpenter says it. You could it, just hear it. Who's got that dog in him. You know who sticks yeah. out in my mind who had that dog when I met them? Two players from last year. One, Tyreek Stevenson, cornerback from Chicago. When I say this dude was yapping and talking shit from day one, I mean me and uh, me and Damian Parson from the Draft Network. We're talking to Tyreek in the meeting room. He's like, bro, I'm from Florida. I'm, I'm going to drop a 4-3. I'm doing this, man. Y'all crazy. I'm locking... Like, just his charisma, the confidence. And I played cornerback in college. I'm like, that dude's got it. And then Tank Dell. Tank Dell was another one. I'm on the sideline, and this is a true story. Nobody, day one of pads, nobody wanted to guard him on -on one-on-ones because he was making people look silly. So he goes up to the line of scrimmage. The only corner that wanted to continue to go up against him was Rajon Wright, cornerback out of Oregon State. Tankdale comes to the line and he looks at the defensive backs and he says, you MF are scared. Somebody step up. That's what you motherfucker, scared. Somebody step up. And I'm sitting there like, okay. And what did he go do? Cooked them all. Cooked them all. Cooked. Yeah, so man. I'm looking for skill. Dontavian Wicks, my co-host, Jay Rich. He was like, yo, this, this kid, he looked good out there. He looked good. I'm just day one of the senior bowl. This is on camera, on record. With the Draft Network, we gave the rookie-rated chain, day one, to Puka Nakua. And mm. I'm talking to Puka. Poo- it's funny, Jax, we watch him. He looks like a big yeah. dude on film, doesn't he? Like, when you're watching, you're like, this dude's kind of yeah. big. I'm standing next to him, and I'm not the- and He does. I'm watching him every Sunday. I'm like, he did not look that massive at the senior bowl, but he just had this confidence about him that, like, he was like, yeah, man, this is... Just- this is what I do. And fun fact about Puka Nakul, people don't even realize him and Romo Dunze were on the same Washington team right. uh, for a couple of years. But neither here nor there. It's it's just a good opportunity uh, if you really take in the experience and go there and not be shy to talk to those players, hear about them. Rasheed Rice was another one. We ate french fries yeah. on the elevator. And he's just talking to me about Dallas and how excited he was for this opportunity because he's like, I think I'm one of the best in this class. He's eating my French fries. I'm like, man, can you have these? It's within the diet. He's like, I'm good, man. Give me some of those fries. (laughs) But it's just a fun experience, man. I'm very excited to see those quarterbacks. But to your original question, I'd go McCarthy, Knicks, Penix, and then I'll excuse Pratt right now. I'm not even going to put him forth. I want to see some more Pratt.
0: Hey, look! I'll tell you this. Uh, Felix says he's got the the arm to c- throw cross hash outs. Is all I'll say. You know what I mean? Opposite hash outs. You know, so you know that'll be interesting to see how he how he handles himself because it sounds like and 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 again he was mentioning he beat uh, Oklahoma in the bowl or something like that. I mean, he at Tulane he he won a couple games against some pretty big opponents in in clutch moments. Uh, did Michael Pratt? So you know, I, I, think, I think he's, he's
1: Caleb Williams. I think he beat yeah, they, Caleb Williams in about. USC.
0: Yeah, see what I'm saying? So like, yeah he he he's got he's got some he's got some moxie. He's got some skills. He's got a little bit of inconsistency, I guess, is what Felix was saying. But uh, you know, I I've been telling the story about Tank Dell. You know, and and I sort of tell it in a way like the they line up to to you know the wide receivers line up and the cornerbacks line up and like. You know you're playing like one on one in basketball, you're like you're counting like one, two, three, one, two, three. You're like, yo, yo, you go ahead, you go ahead. They're like doing that number, you know, or they're like, yo, yo, I ain't, I don't know, someone else take this, motherfucker. you know. They were literally cornerbacks were basically doing that, and you just echoed that sentiment that nobody wanted any piece of Tank Dell in one on ones,
1: nobody, man. And we do do that, Uh, especially on tackling drills. When you got to go head up with that big fullback, you're like, "Hey, man, I, I, one, two, three,
0: (laughs) four, fuck that!" No, you're four. You get in there, baby. Yeah, I, I remember that. You'd be like, "Yo, I want no part of this, dude."
1: No, thank you. Not today.
0: Thank you. Yeah, Texas drill or whatever, Oklahoma drill. Not today. I don't feel like doing
1: this today. No.
0: Nope. 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 So (laughs) yeah. So that's that's the that's the Tank Dell story. And what's cool about it. Is that's happening in the NFL on a weekly basis? People just look at him going, Oh, fuck. You know, so Tank Dell, absolute, absolute money at the senior bowl. All right. Listen, here's the thing, man. This class, I think, is it's wide receiver rich and it's wide receiver get it right draft, right? Like if you take Sky Moore over Chris Olave, eh. That's me. I fucked that one up, right? You know, but if you take Tank Dell over whatever it was, Keishawn Boutte, win. I won there. You know, it's like you got to make some wins here, right? You got to, you know, Addison over Quentin Johnson, win, right? So if the same thing is going to happen in this draft, and it's going to be pretty deep with the wide receivers, I want to start right at the top, man, because I think we have two absolute studs at the top in Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors. I I am not done my process, but just in everything that I've gotten thus far, I see two tier one prospects, not a 1A and then a tier two guy and Malik neighbors. I have two guys that I would say Malik neighbors would be the wide receiver one in many a class. Do you agree with that very simple take? Yes. Okay. One more. This is now the bridge too far. I pissed some people off on Twitter, which is fun, by the way. I'm not upset about it, but I did so by suggesting that I might be getting closer because of this take that I'm now closer to maybe considering, just considering Malik Neighbors over Marvin Harrison. And people lost their minds as if I've hurt their family's feelings, that there's no possible way that Malik Neighbors could ever. Be better than Marvin Harrison, which you and I both know is ludicrous, because anybody can be better than anybody. Yes. It, right. This is possible. We've gone through too many classes to know that it's not impossible and that we're going to be wrong. ADP will be wrong. Our rankings will be wrong. Your rankings will be wrong. And where they're wrong, we don't fucking know yet. Otherwise, we'd be millionaires. Billionaires. But is it possible that you will have Malik Neighbors as your wide receiver one? Is it even... chance that at the end of this process barring injury that you'll have Malik neighbors at wide receiver one. Is it possible?
1: Probably not because people are so dug into Marv as the wide receiver one. I just know what he is. Like I know that I've got a rock solid brick of 24 karat gold. Like I just know that. Right. But your point and your assessment of the situation, if his name were, Trey Jones and you look at every analytical metric and his name was not Marvin Harrison jr. Yeah. I I think that Malik neighbors would probably be the one. His Mm -hmm. name is Marvin Harrison jr. Yeah. And because he is Marvin Harrison jr. He's probably going to get every opportunity alive to be successful. And he is an incredible wide receiver. Yes. However, so is Malik neighbors. So is Malik neighbors who has been a dog for two years in the sec. He also is not the wide receiver two in this class. He is wide receiver one lowercase a or cursive capital a where Marvin is (laughs) just the regular. What is that called? (laughs) I don't even know the font times new Roman a
0: script. I don't know. Write it down.
1: Yeah, they are wide receiver ones. They are co ones, in my opinion, and I can't envision a world where, if let's just let's just say the New England Patriots select him at three, Oh, Jesus, please no, and and neighbors goes to the Chargers at five.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sheesh, sheesh, <laughs> sheesh. I mean, people are going to have some issues, right? I mean, this is going to be a fucking a problem for some people's takes when that happens. That's gonna be a problem.
1: Just saying, it's it. I'm just saying, if his name were Jackson Johnson, it would be, it would be, it would be. By, would be more by the way, I've used
0: be, Jackson Johnson as one of the names I will tell people my name is when I'm com- being a fucking ridiculous person because that's the greatest yeah. name there ever was.
1: What's your I, name, would, Jackson
0: he, Johnson? It's just fucking. Penn he would Johnson. not
1: be the wide receiver. I I don't believe because every other data point says that Neighbors was better. Especially yeah. the season, every. That's what I'm saying, look at everything: yeah. yards per out run, yards after catch per like it. He's right there on par with him, and we yeah. would say, man, we've seen this before from a player that's very similar to him just a few years back. I, I think I, I'll say this: is there a chance? Very small, very, very, very small, microscopic chance. But it's not because of Malik Neighbors' talent; it's the foolishness. And the gullibility of the fantasy space that I know if I have Marv, I can probably trade him for Malik neighbors plus something else. I probably can in the right league. And I will do that 10 out of 10 times.
0: Yeah. You know, here's the other thing too. It's like, you know, when talking to Felix and talking to others and – and I'll ask you the same thing. It sounds like Marvin Harrison is locked into a sort of a DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, outside only, X wide receiver route tree. Like he's going to be out there. Um, now, it's, I suppose it's possible they move him around, but it doesn't sound like that's what he's accustomed to doing. Whereas Malik Neighbors offers you a little bit more of this sort of Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb type of play where he's in and out of the slot. He's moving around formations. He's in motion. He's running more routes, uh, you know, a wider variety of routes. He's faster. He can get a little bit more deep balls. Um, it just sounds like he might have a little bit more utility in the league that we have today in terms of the type of prospect he is. This is taking zero away from Marvin Harrison Jr. as a prospect, I'm just sort of starting to talk it out. It's early enough. We can have this conversation and I can still unwind it by April and May and say, no, no, no. Marvin Harrison is, you know what I mean? But I'm just trying to talk it through before we put our feet in the cement and put our handprint there and go, that's that. um, Because that's what I see in Malik neighbors. What are your thoughts about that? Like the u- awesome. utilization, the versatility of this man. He's awesome.
1: Man. He can he's play awesome. everywhere. Everywhere. And you, we've seen him do it for two seasons. Right. For two seasons, he's played everywhere. Inside, yeah. outside, in the backfield. Everything. Yeah. I'm Marv has saying. to now.
0: Uh, Marv. Marv's they, they, great. They, this isn't taken he, away, you know?
1: Yes. And they let Marv do more this season. He did do more. But he's going to play on the outside. You're not, he's going to be on the outside the majority of the time, probably.
0: Right. You know, he he has to be as great as he is in order for a prospect like that to elevate all the way to wide receiver one. And he is that great. So, therefore, here we are, right? Uh, Look, in 1998, Marvin Harrison would be way ahead of Malik Neighbors because of the way that the game is played. But in today's game, we're seeing that change. We got to be ready to sort of you know, take, take a different look at things. I I will be excited to draft Malik neighbors when he falls right to me. I just will tell you that much. I will be clicking as many Malik neighbors buttons as I possibly can for fucking sure. Same. Okay. Perfect. The third uh, wide receiver off the board has been consensus. I don't need to say his name. I love saying his name. Do you agree with consensus on Roma Dunze? Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah. He is what I consider just he's a professional wide receiver. Yeah. I think he's a very, very, I think he's like a safe wide receiver. I think he's just going to be good. He's going yeah. to be a good player and he's going to offer you some things because he is a big, he's a big target. He's a big yep. body. I think yep. he's got excellent body control. He's going to be a red zone weapon. You don't see the same type of dynamic after the catch, long speed that you see from Marv. You don't see him hitting twenty-three miles an hour. You don't watch. You don't see him taking jet sweeps out of the backfield and taking them eighty like Malik Neighbors. But he's just good at just about everything. He, I, I do not have a comparison for him right now. But when I go back and I look at what Drake London did at USC, and then I go mm. look at Romo Dunze. Rome's got a little more versatility to his game than London. London feels like he was a more like doggish, more just physical, six, five, just slapping the shit out of defenders and yeah. contested catches. But London wasn't doing, he wasn't catching screens and turning it up. That's just not in his game. Right. They, they have similar play styles to me. But what I, what I always said, what my, my phrase when I describe Romo Dunze is he's got an aggressive, controlled, aggressive smoothness to his game he's very Mm. aggressive but he never you watch his tape and he never feels like it's moving too fast he's just Mm. he's smooth with everything that he does he is my wide receiver three right now I do not believe that will change sure anything is subject to to, to move around where checks notes it's January 24th Ray the draft isn't for another four months away yes but right now where we sit today I think he's uh, the most complete player at that spot to be ranked appropriately I don't think he's better than neighbors. I see people saying that I, I, I even look at these Kuiper mocks where they've got Odun's. Yeah. If you're a team and you take him at five and you let neighbors fall, like shame uh, on you. And yeah, you will pay I, for that for a very long time.
0: Feels like that to me. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I couldn't do that.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I wouldn't do it either.
0: I could not do that. Now, When I hear you talking about Rome O'Dunze, I hear you sort of describing someone. If you used a different name, in some ways you were talking like it was Puka Nakua, you know, big body, smooth, versatile, can catch screens and da da da. You know, I'm like, man, that sounds a lot like Puka. And, you know, Puka, you know, I'd say is valued certainly somewhere after Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors in, in Dynasty, or at least you know, close enough to yes. in that in that range is what I guess I'm getting at. So, you know, you might have the ability to trade the pick that is Romadunze for Puka or vice versa. I think that that's value-wise somewhere close enough. And what's ironic is that it sounds to me like they're similar type players. I would ask you straight up, would you prefer Romadunze or Puka Nakua in Dynasty, and do you like my comp? My comp?
1: Puka Nakua. P- yeah. Puka Nakua, Puka Nakua. If you ask me that question, uh, infinity times, the answer will be Puka Nakua every me single too, time. Me too, by the way. Yeah, uh, every single time. Do yeah, so I think he's too. got some Puka in his game? Sure. Puka's a tough kid, man. That's I a. That's love a, him so a, much. a. He is a very. You watch him, man. And <laughs> Rome looks smoother. Puka just like it's like a rugged. Yeah. I, yeah. He's like a tumbler, man. You, you know what I mean? Just like he's he just rugged, dude. It just, it doesn't look great. Like you don't look at him. You're like, oh, he's a route savant. Like sign me up. But it just, it works. He's open. Yep. You can't tackle him. He's physical. He catches every damn thing, even though yep. he drops passes. I don't care. He he pulls in things that he he should not yes. be catching passes. Everybody um,
0: drops things. Yeah, no,
1: no. Yeah. yeah the, he is. I would take Puka Nakua over Romo Dunze every single time, and twice on Sundays. And again, not an indictment on Dunze. No, no, Puka Nakua no, no. is yeah. the real deal. Um, he's so, the real so, deal. So
0: you're preaching to the choir. I love that take. I I don't think that everybody's with us. Just so you know, but right. I am a thousand percent with you. And so that leads to the next question: Would you consider, or would you take Puka Nakua over either neighbors or Marvin Harrison? Now I got him. Now I got him.
1: Again, cop it's out.
0: Co- cop oh, out. no,
1: cop out. Cop no, out. we're on
0: the clock, man. We're going to take a wide receiver. We're in a startup draft. We share a team. It's $1,000 buy-in. We need a pick. All three are on the ta- on the table and nothing else we like. I'm telling you right now, we have to pick one of these three guys. Let's. What are we doing here, buddy? Let's talk it out. What are we doing?
1: Re- Redraft, Puka, Dynasty, Marv.
0: Okay, so all right, let's take Marv. Oh fuck, we just got sniped on Marv. It's just Puka and Neighbors. We're in Dynasty. You and me are got this thousand dollar team. What are we doing, Ray? We can talk it out. You can ask me questions. If I, you would want. I would take Malik Neighbors.
1: I would take Malik Neighbors. Here's my okay. here's my fear with Puka, and I say I'm interested to see this play out, but I hope it doesn't play out. Do you truly think, despite what he's done this season? Does he truly have the staying power to where, let's just say hypothetically, week two, high ankle sprain? He's out for six, eight weeks, comes back and he looks like shit the rest of the way, like they all do.
0: Does he
1: have, did he do enough as the fifth round? And can we be real? It's insulation. Like, can we be real? Yes. He ain't the swagged out black dude. He ain't the slot shifty white. He's, he just is. He ain't got no tats. He doesn't wear... <laughs> does he have the... You get what I'm saying, right? Because yeah, people yeah, yeah. judge... A, like, I'm just being real, yeah. man. No, I'm, he's I'm got just, like
0: a... Like a speed Speedwagon haircut too. Something. He's that might be the cool, Shoshi. Like Puka Nakua Ario Speedwagon haircut. I don't know. We're, uh, we're knocking on the door. Keep and, going.
1: And, be, and, and because of that... And I look at Neighbors. And he's going to have yeah. the LSU brand behind him. Shoot. He's swaggy and dancing. And he does this. And he's going to test better than Puka Nakua. And he's going to have the capital to where even if he fails year one. Yeah. Listen, man, you know we got to talk Jalen Rager every show. Yeah. People still bought Rager in year two. Oh, he'll he'll get another shot. It's gonna be all right in year two. There was still, I don't, I'm not sure just yet if Puka truly has the staying power to withstand an injury where he's not producing. I mean, people were about to bail on him in week nine when when he was. Checks notes yeah. catching passes from John Walford. People were already. Yeah. Ah, I told yeah. you he's not that good. Yeah, I would take Malik neighbors over Puka Nakua for that fact.
0: I, by the way, I agree with you. Okay, I'm I don't disagree. This is a super tough spot. I wanted to put some pressure on you because you know, I think that this is where people start to think about what they want to do, and it's hard because as we look at them as prospects, obviously, if we just put Puka Nakua last year versus Malik neighbors this year, it's not even fucking close. Not even not even close. You know, Puka was a fifth round pick, fourth, third, fourth round rookie pick. This guy's gonna be a the the 102 in every friggin' draft in a one quarterback league. Like this is the guy. So look, obviously, as a prospect, and that's how good Puka was in rookie season, that he can elevate himself that high. But I think that's the ceiling. I put him right behind Marv and Malik Neighbors. I think they're that good. I do agree with you. I'm happy to push the button on Malik Neighbors and let Puka slide. To my competitor, although that will hurt a lot. Maybe yes. we can trade back, maybe we can trade back up and get that pick. Yes.
1: Yeah. Damn, that was uh, hard. You got me sweating. That was a hard one. Yeah.
0: No, but it's right, man. I but that's it. You know, I think that's what people want to hear. So um, I will ask you this question because I don't think I know your answer. At the at the wide receiver four in this class, you have
1: Brian that. Thomas Jr.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah,
1: Brian Thomas Jr. is who I have now at wide receiver for today, and that will probably be very fluid. I think right now, if I had to press draft today, you know, last time LSU had two two receivers like this, they 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 were pretty good, man. And Brian Thomas Jr. Another fun fact: uh, he was the he was rated higher than Malik Neighbors coming out. He was projected to be the guy ahead of Malik Neighbors, along with. Uh, LSU cast off Deion Smith, who had a lot of promise during his freshman season. But Neighbors was the third wide receiver that they brought in, and he was the one. If you go back to early LSU practice videos from their true freshman season, Malik Neighbors was third in that line. I mean, it went Deion Smith, Brian Thomas, and then Malik Neighbors was the one who got to go up and run routes in practice. So right now, BTJ, with his size, he is a... He's kind of like a, a a different archetype. We don't see these six foot four, two hundred and ten pound speedsters. I think he's going to have a lot of touchdown upside at the next level. He's probably going to test really well. And I do believe when I'm when I'm when I'm trying to pencil in these wide receiver fours and fives and six. Now, right now, a lot of it's baked on perceived capital. And I do believe that he's going to get the requisite capital to matter for us in fantasy. By that, I mean he's probably going to be a first round pick in the NFL yeah. draft. And he's yeah. talented.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm i ready to fall in love with Brian Thomas. So this is just um, devil's advocate. Ready? So this is not me saying this is my opinion. This is me asking questions. Let's talk it through real quick on Mr. Brian Thomas Jr. I love it. Love the body. You know, I'll ask a couple quick questions. Number one, he's a junior coming out early. That's great. So that means he's got, like you say, projected draft capital on his side. He had a very successful uh, 2023 campaign campaign. You know, I think he I think he had more touchdowns than Malik Neighbors. He was really good. Um, but his sophomore season, we'll we'll throw away his, his freshman season. I'm not too worried about a freshman season, but his sophomore season, he was four, uh one, two, three, five, fifth. One, two, three, four, five, fifth. Um, uh on the on the team in receiving yards behind neighbors, Kayshawn Boutet, some something called Mason Taylor. Another And hey, Mason called, Taylor's
1: really good. We'll be talking okay, not, about him as <laughs> I'm just Jen- yeah, Drake yeah, Jenkins, really and
0: then Brian Thomas. I, just because I don't know college football, but like he was fifth on the on the team. It, you know, only 31 catches, 361 yards. He did have five touchdowns. Actually, very good. So, just help me explain that. Maybe you can do so by even telling me about Mason Taylor and Jare Jenkins.
1: Well, just Mason Taylor, son of Hall of Famer Jason Taylor. Uh, oh, so no NFL pedigree there, and that was the the production that you're looking at. Uh, dude, he did that as a true freshman. Mason Taylor is a very good tight end. We'll be talking about him as a uh, elite tight end prospect come 2025. Gotcha. But uh, what, what I say is the same thing that I kind of referenced about Jaden Daniels. You got to remember that in 2022, that was a complete philosophical change from Ed O'Dron. It was Brian Kelly's first year um, in that system coming from Notre Dame. And even if you look at Jaden Daniels' first half of that season compared to what he did those final six, seven games, it was like night and day. They finally got it. We talked about it at the beginning of this episode, coaching matters. And, and it yep. takes some time. It doesn't just happen right away. So when I look at that second season from, from Brian Thomas Jr., it was the first season in a brand new offense. He was the second or third fiddle to Keyshawn Boutte and Malik neighbors. I think they were figuring it out. But here's what I love. After that, what did he do in that following season? He explodes and he performs very well alongside Malik neighbors. And you don't see, you don't see and hear a lot from Mason Taylor (laughs) in this past season, not as much as you did in that first season. So I I just, I chalk that up as look, look what he did as a freshman year compared to neighbors. He had better production than Malik neighbors as a true freshman. So this is, this is a player that's got the talent. It was a new coaching scheme Mm -hmm. and, uh, Yeah, that's that's really where I'm at with him. But you know what? Yeah, I I could I can switch him out with Keon Coleman, Adnan Mitchell, Xavier Worthy, four through infinity is going to probably be quite fluid for me throughout the process.
0: Yeah, and and based off of that, I I feel the same way right now. I mean, that can probably change, but it probably is a bit flat from. So it's probably one of those things where if you have, you know in a super flex draft, you have the three quarterbacks, let's assume, you know, the, the two studs, Roma Dunze and Brock Bowers, that's seven. So if you have the 108, 109, it's probably not crazy to trade it for the 205 and, you know, plus, right. You know, because you're probably not necessarily trading uh, that much farther down in terms of value of prospect. You know, if they're, if they're Madden rated, you're trading from an 82 to an 80, you know, right.
1: Yep. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So let's talk about the 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 prototype of Ad Mitchell, Brian Thomas, and Keon Coleman. Um, You know that I well, and you do something now too with the Trinity. Um, You know that's one way of looking at it. Um, You probably can maybe guess how those guys will fit into the Trinity. I will also like to talk about how they'll fit into my anatomy. But you know, let me tell you, they're they're certainly less and less looking like the prototype, these three types of players than guys like Troy Franklin and Xavier Worthy. Um, So I'm not saying that Xavier Worthy and Troy Franklin are better than these other three guys, because I don't know yet. I haven't done the work. You know, they, They all seem fine to me until I dig deeper. But in terms of prototype, the Ad Mitchell, Brian Thomas, Keon Coleman feel a little like a dinosaur. Now, other players, and I mentioned this last week that you know, we've seen fail and succeed T Higgins, Nico Collins, Michael Pittman, right. On the plus side, on the negative side, we've seen a lot of prolific prospects. Um, Quentin Johnston, um, uh, Terrace Marshall, Nikhil Harry, right. There seems to be a few every year that sort of look like these three guys and fail terribly. Um, how, how are you sort of looking at these three guys? And, and what do you think, uh, of, of these three prospects through that lens?
1: You have to be able to win immediately. Like if you can't for so what we used to do, what I used to do. And I still think it's fun to look at who's a, a crafty route runner, but more so than anything, I need you to be sudden off of the line of scrimmage. Can you win quickly? Once you win, because defensive backs in the NFL are quick, they are sticky. They are going to get on you a lot faster than they do in college, especially when a lot of college schemes do not run man to man. That you do not—that is the surefire way to get your ass beat in college—is run man to man coverage with inadequate players on the defensive side of the ball. The reason why Nico Collins and Michael Pittman are so successful is because they can win very quickly right off the even at six foot four. They can get on your toes quickly, position mm. their bodies in a way that shields themselves from the defender, and they've got a massive catch radius. So even if the ball is a little thrown far further, they can go get it. That's why I think the pairing of Pittman and Richardson will yeah. say uh, not the most accurate quarterback, at least right now, it works well because he yeah. does have a big body target. That is where you look at Keon Coleman you look at Brian Thomas, you look at Adnan Mitchell, all three of those receivers can win immediately off the line of scrimmage. And they do have that size to where when you get them in the right spot, they're just too damn big. So when you look at those guys, their claim to fame, unlike a Troy Franklin or an Xavier worthy, they've, they've got to become target hogs. They have to be able to command the ball multiple times throughout a game. And I think I think that those three have the skill set to do it. Are they going to be drafted in a range where they're going to be asked to do those things? Probably not right away. Like it's probably Adnan Mitchell's pro, even if he's a late first, he's probably not going to be asked to come in and command targets from day one. It's another reason why once Rasheed Rice got going He's a bigger dude. What's right. 6'1, yeah. one, 200 yeah, something yeah. pounds. Like, yeah, he's a bigger guy and he can, he can command that, but he wasn't asked to do that right away. So they are a bit of dinosaurs, but the, the thing that those three have is I believe that athletically they will test better than all three of Higgins, Michael Pittman, and Nico Collins and Nico was no slouch. Nico was no slouch. He athletically, he was no slouch, but Higgins and Pittman, all three of those guys should test athletically better than those, those players.
0: Yeah. I just, I, you know, I'll admit I'm terrified to take that prototype now, which is crazy because I was only taking that prototype for so many years in, in dynasty, you know? So it's, I don't know, man, you know, it's just times of change. I, I'm going to look very, very carefully at those three players, and you know, which is why right now, which I'm way too early, but my wide receiver for right now is Troy Franklin, and I don't know. I, I've done just like literally like highlight film watching. You know what I mean? That's all I've done. I haven't like yeah, actually yeah. like dug in and watched every game, and all you know, it's kind of tedious. I threw on the the highlight. I was like, let's see what this motherfucker can do, and it looks like to me that Troy Franklin does enough things out on the football field. Doesn't look like it's like. This isn't a Jalen Hyatt from my perspective. This looks like a guy that can, you know, can run intermediate routes, can can make plays after the catch, and you know, gets off gets off press, things of that nature. Um, a little little skilled at the catch point, not not necessarily the, the greatest, but not bad. Um, small and fast as crazy, you know, crazy hell, right? I mean, this guy can run, and we've seen that type of prototype start to work a little bit. And you know, I, I even asked Felix, what do you think about? Troy Franklin sort of being a a, a little bit like Jordan Addison I'm not saying he's as skilled because he sure ain't but you know that type of player where it's like hey small but can get deep and can do a few things in the intermediate what what are your thoughts about Troy Franklin
1: um yeah I'm not as high as you on on Franklin I I have him around that 9 10 11 range yeah right now Uh, I I do not think he profiles as the type of guy that's going to command a massive target share. He's very fast, and I think he is going to to be an an excellent addition to an NFL offense, Mm. but there wouldn't be a doubt in my mind. If you plop him in Kansas City right now, he's the third option behind Rasheed Rice, behind Travis Kelsey, probably the four. He's not the wide receiver one there. I do not believe that he will be treated and utilized as a number one target earner on an NFL offense his superpower is speed. And um, I think he's, I think he's okay. I think he's a solid yeah. contributor that you'll want to roster and he'll have moments where he's, he's very usable, but, but I have him uh, significantly lower um, in, in my rankings right now. I, I've got him as a late second round, mid to late second round rookie pick.
0: Well, you're only echoing what Felix said last week. So notes taken notes, effing okay. taken. <laughs> Now okay. the, the now here's the here's the one because when I asked uh, Felix who he'd prefer with Troy Franklin and Devantez Tez Walker, um, you know you may be able to guess who he said. I'll ask you the same question: Who do you prefer in Dynasty? Straight up, Tez Walker or Troy Franklin?
1: Oh, it's not even close. It's Troy Franklin. I mean, Tez Walker's three, four guys below him in my opinion as well. Okay. You know, one one of the things for me, man, I um, and I love Felix, man. And Felix has been over hey. with Tez Walker since he was at Toledo, I believe. That's right. He transferred hey, he was, yeah, he was somewhere like so that. I, yeah. I, I mean, he was he was he's the conductor of the of the Tez Walker train. So uh, <laughs> I defer to him. But when sure. I watch him, I think he's got. I, I think he's a one dimensional wide receiver right now. I love the story. I think he's he's got a nice skill set. But when I look at him, I I, I don't. I've got him at like 13. Give me Lad McConkey. Give me Jalen Polk. Mm. Give me Troy Franklin over, over, over Devontae Walker right now. I think the mock draft where he was picked uh, to go to Kansas city, be McCole Hardman 2.0. I, mm. I think that uh, I do not believe that he would threaten Rasheed Rice in any way, shape or form of taking targets away from him. I've got yeah, him at wide receiver 13 right now.
0: Fair enough. Um, you know, I, I appreciate all of this. I mean, cause I'm not so sure either. I, I watched a little bit of Tez and I was like, mm, okay there's some I think he does look like he can make um, you know sort of sideline um, plays at a much higher rate than Nicole Hardman could ever dream of. like he looks like he can go up and get it and he's a little bit more pterodactyl than Nicole Hardman could ever dream of being. but um so for those reasons I, I think he's better than that but I didn't see a whole lot of nuance to the game. Um, I didn't see a lot of well, when I say back, Hardman, you know, I don't
1: mean in the sense of yeah. he's Hardman's comparable. I think he'd no be point. forgotten about on that yeah. offense, like a McCall yeah. Hardman.
0: Yeah, the problem with me and is that I think McCall Hardman's awful. I also think that so when when people do he also who did comp I think he he fucked with me last week. He comped Tri, I like Trey Franklin a little bit. Whatever, it doesn't matter, you know. But he's like he comped him to MVS. I'm like, please stop doing that, you know, because I think MVS is like, I mean. Are there a worse set of hands? I always say MVS has ping pong paddles for hands. You know, it's just like if he catches it, it's like holy shit! How do he catch it with those ping pong paddles? You know, he just never catches the fucking football. This is going back years and years with MVS. So, yeah, you know, those, those those guys are awful, and they they do need a wide receiver <laughs> in in Kansas City. So any of these guys would be an upgrade. Oh um, yeah, yeah. So the guy, the guy that, that 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 sort of is starting to profile, like also, you know, hey, look, the production was there. I, I have not done much, uh, if at all, watching of Xavier Worthy. But Xavier Worthy starts to like, you know, uh, let me ask it this way. Is Xavier Worthy a better prospect coming out, like right now, than Zay Flowers was one year ago right now? I think so. Yeah, it's close, I think right? he is.
1: I think he is. I think he is. I think he is.
0: Yes. Tell me. Tell me about Xavier Worthy. What do we think here?
1: I mean, freshman season production, uh, fantastic speed, deep play threat. Better in the short and intermediate space than people give him credit for. Had to work through some Quinn Ewer struggles last season, and he he was banged up a little bit towards the end of this year. Had an ankle injury, but that team was good. And he here's the thing: when you have the type of speed and you have an ability to change the math on the defensive side of the ball, the way that Xavier worthy has, you are going to get a shot. I mean, here's the thing, Jalen Hyatt's going to get more opportunity next year as well. What, what that yeah. means from a fantasy perspective, I'm not saying you're jamming a manager wide receiver too, <laughs> but right. when you've got an ability to change the math on the defensive side of the ball, because yep. you do have a superpower, AKA speed, you're going to get an opportunity and you see those things play out in the league. You know, you, You watch A-Chan in college run, and you're like, okay, he's fast for SEC ball, but is that really going to translate at the next level? And I shit you, he looked faster in the NFL than he ever did in college. I'm like, how did he he get faster? Xavier Worthy has everything that you want in in a game-changing type wide receiver body. He's got some Jeremy Macklin in his Mm. game, right? He's Mm. got some Jeremy Macklin speed he could run he, he can run a, a very complementary route tree and he can win very quickly uh in in zone and man coverages so he's he's I have him as a top too, right he, he's he's a long that's what I mean man he's he, he's like an orangutan his arms are like he's a very lengthy right. he's six yeah. one he's just or six yeah. foot he just he just he's just thin like one seventy yeah. but I don't care I don't care he's he's yeah. got this requisite size
0: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Look, he came out as a true freshman in the Big 12 at Texas and went uh, 981 yards and 12 touchdowns. Yes. As a true freshman. That's something.
1: Uh, It's a lot. That's something, right? It's something. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, you know, just,
0: and you're right. the 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 2022 season looks a little like an aberration. He only had 700 yards, whatever, and then bounces right back with another you know thousand yard season. He's 14 yards a catch over his career. You know he's coming out early. I really like Xavier Worthy, and the more I hear, listen, talk, etc., he might be my wide receiver four in this class. Where do you have him right now, just as it stands?
1: Where do I have him? Five. Yeah. I've met five. So, okay.
0: <laughs> so yeah, you're, you're with me, basically, right? Like, yes. he's definitely worthy of the w- wide receiver four slot, potentially. Yeah.
1: Look at you. Well done. Well Thank done. Thank
0: you. He's, well he's probably going to be drafted round one, right? He's.
1: It, it, uh, I think so. It, when you yeah. run that fast and you've got the Sark name, and the t- he probably will be a first-round pick.
0: Yeah. You mentioned two players um a little earlier that I have on the show sheet. You know, you're a pro. You knew this was coming. Uh Jalen Polk and, and Ladd McConkey. Um <laughs> spellcheck fucked it up and put last. We got to fix that. Make sure the spell check never does that again. Come on now, man, know, that's, Come on. that's not a good nickname. Mm. Um Lassie. That's not what you want to be called at any oh, point Lassie. in the NFL. Yeah. No. Um, but Jalen Polk and Ladd McConkie are both um, pretty interesting prospects. Um, I, lad McConkie is growing on me. How, who do you have between those two players as a prospect? And, uh, tell, tell us a little bit about both of them from your perspective, if you don't mind. Uh,
1: I have both of them. I've got Ladd McConkey right after Troy Franklin. He is 10th on my board right now. And I have Jalen Polk eight. Mm I am a big Jalen Polk fan. And once you start to dive into Odin Odunze, or if you're listening and you haven't, just turn on the Washington tape and just watch the game. And you're gonna see number one Roma Dunze, but you're gonna see number two flash like a motherfucker every mm. single game. Size, speed, his run after the catch ability, his his contested like he is my biggest question with Washington is this because I I believe one of these statements is true. I don't believe both are true. Did those receivers McMillan, Polk, and Romo Dunze combined with the fantastic running back and Dylan Johnson? Did they make that offense in Michael Penix, or did yeah. Michael Penix help make those guys? As yeah. I watch the tape, I think it, it's 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 the former. I believe that those three receivers were such mismatched problems for Pac-12 defenses that somebody was going to be open, and they are yeah. incredible. And I don't think Jalen Polk is going to get the type of capital that he's not going to be drafted where Odunze is, but, Mark, I'm telling you right now, when the Baltimore Ravens take him at 32 or the Buffalo Bills take, don't be shocked when right. Jalen Polk works his way in the first round. I will not be shocked one bit. if you, And it happens every year. Go back to 2020. Henry Ruggs over Ceedee Lamb. What? Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson. How? Yeah. When yeah. does this happen? What? Yeah. Like it happens every year. We're like, I didn't. I did not foresee that happen. I didn't think he'd get the type of capital that he got. Now I got to adjust. Polk is good, man. Lad McConkey. Let's get this out the way. He's white.
0: <laughs> this is. He's this late this in the slot. Hey, Listen. Listen. Felix said this last week. He goes, he's going to get comp to all these white wide receivers because he's white. But yes. he was saying, look, that that's lazy comp. He's a different type of player than, than people are going to comp him to Hunter Renfro's and all this nonsense. He's a different type of player. Tell us the truth.
1: I don't care. I don't care if he was green. Um, <laughs> he is a very unique player because he can do a little bit of everything. He can mm-hmm. do a little bit of everything. And here's, what's going to separate McConkie. He goes to like some shit organization. Like, and I'm just, I'm just using this as the example that I know the situation has changed. If Rabel was still in Tennessee and he went there, I want no part of him. I'm just like, it's, I just, I've seen what they do with receivers and it just doesn't work. Right. You put him, you put him in Los Angeles with Puka Nakua and they're lethal. I mean, there might not be, and I'm not kidding you. I'm not just saying he may be the quickest off the line and just one like in than anybody in this class, neighbors included. His ability to start stop, his shiftiness is unparalleled. He is fantastic with the ball in his hands. His ability to just move and 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 navigate traffic. He he. I want to see him replace Tyler Boyd in Cincinnati. If mm. if I can have a wish for this draft, let Cincinnati take him in the second and let him be the complement to Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, right? If, if Higgins is still there. Put him in. Put him. My God. Because we saw this year that Tank Dell, when he was playing, he was playing on the outside. Tank Dell. Let's let's make no mistake. Tank Dell was playing on the outside. He could play out and in. You put him in in Houston. With Dell and Nico Collins, I think in a two years, you're like, that's if they stay healthy, that's the best damn one of the best overall wide receiver rooms in the NFL. Not saying they've got the best receivers, but the way that they've made up those pieces, it fits. This young man can play. He is good. He is not just some slot white receiver. Uh, I don't think there's much Hunter Renfro to his game
0: at all. At Lab McConkey.
1: Don't do that if if yeah. if anybody comes on your show and you hear them just unless it's Cooper Cup, right. <laughs> unless it's right. one of them kind right. of
0: comps, right? Yeah. Shut him
1: down. He he's yeah. not he's not Renfro, he's not Wes Welker. No, he's right. no, he's going to run fast, he's going to test athletic. He is he's very, kind of, he's, very good. He's big man. too,
0: isn't he? Like six foot two oh five or something like that, or he's got a good mean,
1: size to him. What is he? I yeah. think he's got some size to him, yeah.
0: So, okay, this is going to be rapid fire uh, wide receiver stuff. This is just senior bowl stuff because yeah. Ladd McConkey's is going to be there, and I think he's going to be one of those types of players that I'm excited to see at the senior bowl, right? Like, you know, for me, like I want to see him in the one-on-ones. I think we're going to learn a lot about who he is as a player in terms of separation, quickness, off the line, beating press, all those things that you and Felix both are super high on, and i'm starting to get excited. i'm ready to put him at wide receiver 6 behind uh, uh Xavier Worthy. fuck it. you know, like i'm in. let's go. um so, you know, it sounds great. i really like that. uh i, I you know, he's he's arrow up for me. there's a couple other players um <laughs> uh my Jonathan Mingo uh comp is going to be there and but i want to hear you tell me i'm fucking stupid. i'm only saying this because Xavier Leggett had less than 200 yards four years straight. That's freshman, junior, senior, junior, senior, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, less than two hundred yards, and then finally, as a fifth year senior, dominates at South Carolina. Is he good?
1: He is good.
0: What kind of good?
1: When when I have to qualify it, this makes me see. he bet he's got to land in the right spot, man. I, I mm. do not think that you can just. The Dallas Cowboys draft Xavier Leggett, and they're going to stick him on the outside to be the complement to CD. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. You better mm. have a specific plan for him. He's physical. Now, did you see his true size weight come out? Not the 6'3, 227. We have not. He ain't 6'3, 227. He's, he checked in at foot 220. Okay. I don't listen. He's big. And the the comparison that you're going to hear is Debo Samuel. You're going to hear that a lot. He's not Debo Samuel either. Um, I think you're – he is better than Jonathan Mingo. I think he's – even though it didn't happen until late, South Carolina, if you know anything, they were a train wreck all the years he was there. And as bad as you think Spencer Rattler is, I mean, he – much better than anything they've had in a long time. Sure. I like Leggett. I think the Senior Bowl is going to be big for Leggett. Right. <clears throat> I, it, it's got to be the right spot, man. It's got to be the right spot. It's got, to, and, and I don't like doing that. I don't give a shit where neighbors goes. He's going to be good. Marv's going yeah, to right, be good. Exactly. Right, Rome's yeah. probably going to be good, no matter where. Xavier Worthy. He's going to do. I don't care where he goes. He's probably going to. He's going to do the same shit in Buffalo that he would do in Philadelphia that he would do in Kansas right. City. Leggett has got to hit the right spot with a coordinator that knows how to use a physical freak that may not be developed. And right. you just may need to temper expectations in fantasy for him.
0: Yeah. Early. Well, they're tempered. I am fucking fully tempered on this guy. I mean, I just, you know, my analytics background is like saying run for the Hills. Now the film is going to have to be really, really, really good uh, for me to get excited about him. Um, the other guy, Mal- Malachi Corley. I don't know if I'm saying this goddamn yeah, right. Yeah,
1: Malachi Corley. You got it.
0: Malachi Corley. Um, I, I'm I he's probably closer to fucking Debo Samuel, but he's Debo uh,
1: Samuel. He's Debo Samuel. Correct. Tell me. He 5'10, 210, came into college as a cornerback and he put on like 40 pounds in college, Jeez. which is insane. Just go look at pictures of the dude, and he is just rocked up. Yak monster, but he looks like a running back with the ball in his hands. He he legitimately, that's the Debo Samuel of the class. If you're looking for one, that's the Debo Samuel of the class. He's good, mm. man. Corley's yeah. a Corley reminds me of a, um, like a bigger, a bigger version of Jaden Reed, a bigger mm. Jaden Reed. Yeah. That, that, that may not have as much juice as Jaden Reed may not have as much versatility but he can if isn't it cool how LaFleur deployed Reed and he catches passes, but he also gets those pop orbit motion sweeps out of the backfield, yeah. pop passes out of the backfield just yeah. to get him get him in motion, get him moving. Think so he's somewhere he be. he's somewhere
0: between like Devin Duvernay, Jaden Reed, and Debo Samuel. He's on that spectrum. Something like
1: that. Yeah. yeah. He's not Debo, but he's a combination of I know what you mean. Of He's that. in there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's in there. That's actually a good mashup. And what is that for fantasy? Yeah. I'll roster to yeah. you.
0: you know? We'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. yeah. The, the the guy that uh, I, I'm, I I don't know anything about, but you know, I, I continuously see him in um, NFL mocks is Ricky Pearsall. Um, oh, any yeah. good?
1: Yeah, Ricky Pearsall. Another that's some nice white boys in this class. We got a couple of white receivers. We got a white. I didn't even know he was white. Just so you know, one. I had no
0: idea. It sounded black uh, to me. I have no idea. Nah, I mean, Pearsall, right? man. No, he's white dude. Sm- he, nice,
1: the, cool. he was the only dude a Rich had last year. And this okay. year, I couldn't tell you who the quarterback was at Florida. <laughs> right. Uh, Pearsaw is smooth. Pearsaw is okay. smooth. Um, good separator. You know, he's a day three pick.
0: Right. Okay. All right. I, 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 that's
1: it. A, that doesn't. Uh, Puka yeah. Nakul was a day three pick.
0: I know, but I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just curious. We'll we'll, we'll check fine. him out. In, in, like, in, you know in Mobile. We'll, you'll tell me all about it. Johnny Wilson is a gigantic wide receiver. We've seen this before. Darren Waller, Elijah Higgins this past year, Chase Claypool obviously should have moved to tight end as it turns out. Should Johnny Wilson become a tight end? Absolutely. Or is he worthless no matter what?
1: Yeah? Absolutely. He better. He he should. And the good thing is he's more fluid of an athlete than Darren Waller. I think he's more fluid of a movement runner than Darren Waller. He's got brick hands that he must work on, Mm -hmm. but he's a massive target. He is massive. I think he he measured in at 6'6", 6'7". Jesus. If if he moved the tight end and you've got an offensive coordinator that was creative enough to try him out, you you could have a problem on your hands. Like, he should move the tight end.
0: Okay. That's what I think. Okay, there's one last guy I want you to tell me all about and tell me – what the hell I think I know we kind of figured it out a little bit last week, but I'm going to ask a lot of people about Jacob cowing because Jacob cowing was like, you know, the Debbie darling Remember? you know I mean? I I know, Mm -hmm. you know, right. And then all of a sudden he transferred and then he didn't come out. Now he's a fifth year player. Boy, oh boy. That the story of, of Jacob cowing sounds like bust, but yet the, you know, if we rewind three years ago, which is a fucking long time ago, he was like a, a, you know, a very, very highly touted prospect, at least in our eyes, is he maybe? And I think what did Felix say? He kind of, he kind of mentioned. I don't remember if he did or not, but maybe he he brought up. Um, oh, I can't even think of his name. Fuck, I can't remember. Uh, oh, the kid from Oklahoma State a few years ago, the wide receiver. Um, oh, shit,
1: Oak State. Think. Nope, we got to stay here. Oaks. You said Oklahoma State.
0: Yeah, I think that's. Get um, yeah, like two years ago. Was it Oklahoma State? Mm. If it takes too long, we're going to have to edit it. I know.
1: I know. No, no. People need to to feel the the pressure that we're under right here to find this name. The guy, the
0: the outside receiver, six foot outside receiver, that. Oh, uh, Tylen Wallace. Tylen Wallace. Thank you. Yes. He kind of said he's kind of like Tylen Wallace. He just doesn't have a superpower, and therefore he's a good college player, but maybe without a home in the NFL do you feel like that's maybe Jacob Cowing, or do you see man, you, I, that?
1: I, you, you've got to have something like even yeah. Xavier Leggett as scared as I am of him.
0: He's, he's got big a super
1: athletic. Like he's, yes. he's big, he's very athletic. He's very fast. He's got some superpower, right? Cowing cowing does. <laughs> that's actually a good, he does have some Tyron Wallace to him where he's just, <laughs> like he's fine. He's going to be on a roster. And here's yeah. the thing he's probably going to score a touchdown in a game and have 98 yards. And you know what? He's going to be on your, on your taxi squad doing it. He's yeah. going to be on your bench. Yeah. And then the next week you're going to be like, I don't know if I really want to start him, but
0: <laughs> that's right. Yeah.
1: I, listen, I've learned that anything is possible, but I just, I don't know. Good college player. In my opinion, this, 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 this week is going to be big for him because you, you bring up cowing, but I think him, Pearsall. Brennan Rice, Johnny, uh Johnny Wilson, Roman Wilson, now they're all kind of in that same cluster right now. Yeah. You know, I like Taj Washington out of USC more than I like Jacob Cowing.
0: Yeah. What yeah. is
1: Taj Washington at the next level? A good yeah. a good piece to help your NFL team move the sticks and never crack your fantasy lineup.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, th- that's right. I mean, th- look, the senior bowl will will give us Tank Dell and Puka Debo Samuel, T- uh Terry McLaurin, whatever. There's gonna be Cooper Cup there's going to be some players that come through that senior bowl where you're like dude, superstars. But there's also going to be a bunch of guys that are just like, "Hey man, that's a fucking good football player that's not going to yes. play at the NFL level." That's just how it works. Yes. Yeah, that's just how it works. Um okay, so we're going to we're going to get you out on on running backs. The running back class is is what? What is the running back class? It's
1: fine. It's fine. fine. It's fine. It's fine. That fine. that that's my answer. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. There's hmm. no Bijan, there's no Gibbs. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? I saw some dude named Craig Reynolds take a damn play- carry in the playoffs this year. Like, what is going <laughs> Sport, on? Score touchdown, yeah. Dude, yeah. like these guys are they're going to get an opportunity. It's just that yeah. it's just nature of the beast. It's nature of the NFL and if I would have told you at the beginning of the year Gus Edwards is going to be the running back to roster from Baltimore, you would have said, "Ray, you're out of your fucking mind. No right. way. It's it's not. It's going to be Dobbins and and it's going to be Acres getting this opportunity. And it's then But you look up and you're like, man, give me all mm-hmm. the the mm-hmm. Ty the Chandlers I can handle. Give me. They're going. Th- these guys are going to get opportunity. Yeah. Are they going to have the yeah. staying power to to elevate themselves the dynasty RB six and five? I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? When I had Kyron Williams as RB3, he didn't do a goddamn thing. His rookie year, everyone thought, oh, man, look how sorry he is. And now he's a yeah. top eight running back in Dynasty. They're going to get opportunities. And and they're he might have bombed the combine bigger than anybody we've seen in recent memory that had some hype and steam coming from a big school. It's about opportunity. Scott Connor talks about this all the time. Any yeah. running back on a 50, any running
0: back on a 50, sign me Scott up with Blake
1: Corm, give me Trey Benson, give me all these Bucky Irvings. And in today's yeah. game, we know that the NFL deploys multiple backs. That's it's right. a two running back league. That's just yep. what it is. Yep. Sign yep. me up. And here's the beautiful yep. thing about it I don't got to blow my 101, 102 on a running back over a quarterback this year. I don't yep. even have to make that decision i just That's take them right. all in the late second, third, third round, round. I just load yep. up on running backs. Yep. I am with you. I think, 1,000%. It, I think it's fine, man. It's fine.
0: Yes. Yeah, don't need, be,
1: here's the thing. We don't even need we don't need another Bijan. We got let B-John and Gibbs and Brees Hall and Christian McCaffrey. Let those guys occupy. We don't need another one right now. Right. Yep. And 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 we're probably not getting another one of those guys in 2025 either. So you know, it's fine. They're bodies. No, Ollie,
0: no Ollie Gordon. I like Ollie. He's not that?
1: He's a running back, dude. Like I like him. Okay. I like him a lot. I've been I've been an Ollie Gordon fan since before he even got opportunity as a freshman, but they're fucking running backs, man. Give me <laughs> anyone that's on a roster.
0: Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> By the way, I didn't know who Ollie Gordon was until like this morning, and someone asked on that, you know, question. I'm like, oh fucking Ollie Gordon. Wait, he's in this class. And I was looking, I was like, Oh, geez, this motherfucker's asking me to ask you about Ollie Gordon. And look at that. I made it sound like I knew what I was talking he's about. Like, it's unbelievable.
1: He's a better that's how good I am. Brian Robinson. He's a better B that's how
0: good I am at this, though. I mean, I just go right to Ollie Gordon like that. Um, okay, so of these running backs, I, I don't I do you have a firm RB one? That's a no, right? No.
1: Yeah. I'm no. with you. Okay.
0: All right. So you and I already, I mean right? I
1: have one, but yes, firm. a firm one. No. Okay. No, man, so, it's a it's a it's a 9-day old banana that's all brown. Is <laughs> edible. Like you can eat it. Yeah. But Yeah. 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 But
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, there are better options. Um <laughs> what what's Nine mil banana. Yeah, go,
1: go get the fresh apple out of the fridge.
0: Fuck, Will Levis <laughs> is going to eat that goddamn peel, is what's going to happen. Uh, you don't
1: want to eat this RB, RB peel, I'll tell you that. Nah, it's, it's, get that thing out of
0: here. Yeah. yeah. So, of the running backs, which running back do you think is like, if you just like look, the safest bet? Like, if Blake you just Orme. had to pick Blake Corm.
1: Huh? Blake Corm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just safest. He just, bet.
1: He's a professional. He He's going. He feels like a Ray Rice type to me. He's, he's going to yep. run. He, he's going to run a four high, four five, low four yep. six. Yep. He can catch the ball. He can pass protect. He, he's going to be where you want him to be. NFL coach is going to trust him to handle the ball. He can score in the red zone. He can rip off chunk plays. He's not taking anything seventy yards to the house. He's a. He sounds like a heavy smaller, Kyron Williams. He's like Kyron Williams. That's it. That's exactly what he is. He's like yep. Kyron Williams. Yes. Yep. Yep. Physical, gonna play through injury and and great feet. And, and and he is he's gonna do the things that are required. Like coaches are going to love yeah. him. Love yep. and you know Harbaugh's gonna put the stamp on him. They're going to love him. I think yeah. he's the uh, he that, that that this does not mean he has the most upside in the class, which I don't even know who the fuck in the class has that type of upside. Right. I think he's just gonna be able to he's going to be able to absorb carries in the NFL.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I uh, look, Harbaugh is gonna take him uh with the Chargers that pick whatever what do they pick? He just I think Harbaugh is going to, uh the Chargers. Yeah, he's
1: going know? to the Chargers, man.
0: Yeah, how I mean we're recording that? this on Wednesday Wednesday night. So this is gonna drop Thursday night, so the news will be all out. But yeah, I think um how you feel I about mean, that? I feel good, don't you?
1: Yeah, I mean He's won everywhere he's been. I mean, I don't. I I truly. I don't know what I. I don't like the only Harbaugh NFL offense I remember. Like remember, it's like Kaepernick, and he was running around, and like I'm I'm trying to go through and look at the production, and the receivers really didn't do a ton in his offenses, and I'm just like. Is he going to change? You think he's going to go to the NFL yeah. and aerate it out? Like I don't think so. It's probably going to look a lot like what he did at Michigan, man. I yeah, don't, I don't know, man. I, I don't, don't know. know. Yeah,
0: I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to go back and look at Harbaugh's tendencies, and it's hard because you're right. If you have like you know a guy like Kaepernick, and then all of a sudden you have a guy like Herbert, they couldn't be more different. So you yeah. got to think he's smart enough to, of course, game plan differently. But that being said, his tendencies may, you know, tend. More towards a running attack than a than a passing attack. We'll see. um, You know, Blake Coram, You know, first round Pete, pick, top ten. No,
1: What's watch him go to the Chargers in the fucking third round. And if that's he does, the, you yeah. better draft him.
0: Fuck yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, fucking Yeah, watch. late second, yeah. early third, absolutely. So oh. this is a question I'm going to ask, like literally everybody on the show. This is going to be my hobby horse because, you know, when we're picking these running backs in the second and third round now draft capital combine a lot of shit's going to change here right but if i told you there's a running back from this class that two years from now like literally two years from now is a top five dynasty running back who is it
1: two years from now
0: two years from today fast forward the clock 2024 happens, 2025 happens. We've got two seasons under our belt, and this motherfucker is a top-five dynasty running back. Who is it?
1: Jonathan Brooks. Mm. Jonathan Brooks.
0: My guy. Love this answer. He
1: would be my RB1 in this class if not for the ACL. Yes. And just... Given when it happened and probably what's going to transpire, you're talking about a player who's not going to test, not yep. going to go through OTAs. Hopefully we yep. see him in some training camp, but it feels very And Kendra's injury happened later, but it feels very like they're going to take their time and you're probably yep. not going to get a ton out of him early. Right. But the moment he steps on the field, mind you, this is a player who got opportunity Alongside Bijan Robinson and, and Roshan Roche. Johnson. Size receiving profile is phenomenal. And as a red shirt sophomore, he said, I'm out. I'm good enough with a busted knee in one year to go yeah. to the league. Yep. If there's going to be one, that is the upside. Now, where's that price? In rookie drafts, I don't if you if we truly believe that is a range of outcome, where do you draft that guy in May? Like, do I want to take him over Franklin? Do I want to take him over McConkey, who I know is gonna play this year? I don't want to. So I think this may be a gift that he falls through some cracks in some rookie drafts because people just don't want to touch him. I'm not touching no injured running back.
0: That's right. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be in value somewhere. Yeah, go
1: ahead. A lot of rumors rumors that the Dallas Cowboys, his surgeon is the Dallas Cowboys team doctor. He's in Dallas. They're going to have more information on Jonathan Brooks than any team in the NFL. And if you think I'm lying, go to Wikipedia and look at the Dallas Cowboys history of the type of players they draft in the second round. They're all hurt. If you're injured in college, Dallas will draft you in the second round. (laughs) It is as sure as the sun will rise in the morning, they will draft an injured player in the second round. We if start putting he it were together. to land hey, in Dallas.
0: Ray, Derrick Henry, one year in Dallas. Jonathan Brooks gets the red shirt season, their injury red shirt. Sign me up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Giddy Sign up. me up. Yep. I love the answer. Um, I, I would also have accepted Trey Benson, potentially. What do you think about Trey Benson? He's sort of in my purview for a a, a possibility for that type of player or am I overestimating him
1: Uh, he was my one coming into the season I pumped him up I got receipts out there Trey Benson Trey Benson and it just it was like it was like um like watching porn and not finishing man it just just disappointing right like what's the point of doing that like what is the point of watching it if you're not going to finish it just he left me flaccid he left me flaccid he just I had such high expectations and he yeah. just left me flaccid. I, he's got talent. And, and what's interesting is the team was good. So I don't want to hear the fact that, oh, he's a product yeah. of a bad team. It's just, he's got the speed. I don't know, man. I just was disappointed because I was all over the Benson train. And I think right now I'm not, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't like kill the kid. I got him fourth, right? But I can see a world where Ray Davis is is better than Trey Benson, Bucky Irving, Jonathan Brooks. Yeah. I just I was just a little disappointed with Benson's production this year based on the expectation that I had for him to come in and absolutely show the world that he was the unquestioned RB1 in this class.
0: Yeah. You know, every every year Ray, and this is something we talked about pre-show a little bit just because it's so like we're learning, right? We talked about it even at the beginning of the show, how we're trying to evolve as well as people, as parents, but but also as like you know players, dynasty players, and yeah. and now that now that people listen to us, we're trying to evolve as analysts or you know advice givers, if you will. And every year, Zach Evans happens. Every year, Sean Tucker happens. Jamar Jefferson, Kylan Hill. <laughs> what I'm talking about are guys that we're talking like, oh yeah. Late for it, look, even it really happened to Kyron Williams, too, to some degree. He was supposed to be, you know, some great bat and then you know, the the combine happened, whatever. They just they become almost undrafted or or really late round picks. It's littered with them. It is littered with running backs where this happens to them. They are cream of the crop prospects that fade fast. I would ask you, who is the Zach Evans Sean Tucker Award this year? Who do you think that we could see fall? I mean. What do you think here?
1: This is a tough one because here's the thing for whatever reason. And, and, and I said this, I I believe with you, like I didn't buy into the Zach Evans hype. I'm just like, I don't see it. I'm just, I'm not seeing it. Right. Like I so my expectation level for him was nothing going into the league. So for him to fail out and flame out, and and I don't know if I said this with you. It may have been with you, it may have been with Matt. But my my biggest thing with Sean Tucker was, and this was prior to the medicals, dude. Just running yeah. back out of Syracuse, it just yeah. you just, I did I just didn't think, man. I'm just like ah, I don't think so. Like I just I don't think the NFL is yeah. going to view this kid out of Syracuse to be something, right? If I yeah. had to if I had to pick one man and, and I hate to do it to him because he doesn't have the same level of steam as he had a couple of years ago. But once we get to the process, just watch how people talk about Braylon Allen. And I think a lot of people are going to make Derrick Henry comps and he's the furthest thing from Derrick Henry that one could be to be as big as he is. He plays like Charmin at times. Um, I don't think he possesses uh, the the lateral quickness. Even though Derrick Henry, you're not going to confuse him with LaShawn McCoy, but he can make at least a defender miss and and get back in his, in his prime and hit the open level, and then he had the speed to pull away. He sure did. I think Braylon Allen is one where he's got the name cachet from the Debbie market. You've got this Wisconsin running back mystique behind his name. But I think Odric Estime might be a better NFL running back than even Braylon Allen. Now, the thing yeah. working in Braylon Allen's favor is that he's like 16 years old. So he's yeah. very young. But I think that's going to be one where he'll get drafted to a spot that people like and then he gets steamed up in drafts. And then it's like a, you know, it's just a little bit of a letdown. But I, I don't I don't want to nuke Braylon Allen because no, I you know yeah. I just I think that might be one where you look back and be like, man, I wish I would have just taken Ray Davis. You know, I, right. I probably should have just taken Will Shipley. At least I knew he can go out there and it, within his range of outcomes is a 60 reception season. Even if he's not a dope running back, he can go catch me 60 passes. He can be James White. So, yeah. br- br- and, and that's the thing, right? Like Braylon Allen, if he's not Derrick Henry, what is he? Because they're not a- going to have him
0: Right, AJ Dillon. You know you don't want AJ Dillon. Brian Robinson. I mean, I, I don't know if he's and at least that, like, guys Brian Robinson sh-
1: touched the ball a little bit, right? Like a little bit. Yeah. And Brian yeah. Robinson's physical. You got a motherfucker got shot, and in four weeks he's playing football. Like he's physical. Yeah. 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 I I, I, mean, I think I, I, Allen might be a worse. And AJ Dillon was athletic. To be two hundred ninety pounds, he was athletic.
0: Yeah, Derrick Henry had a 98th percentile speed score. I don't think Braylon Allen's gonna be doing that. You know, no. the agility wasn't there, but the burst was there with, with Derrick Henry. He jumped Correct. through the build, through, through the roof. He he ran very, very fast. And he was also the most prolific fucking running back in history in high yes. school and college. Like he was just, I mean, so let's not go there um he's yes. he's not Derrick Henry the prospect that period at no. full stop end of fucking conversation full stop. full stop but the fact of the matter is is that he also might not be that good at all i mean he's a big player playing at college he might not be there i, I agree i watched him and i was like i was looking, i w- i wanted to see him like stiff arm and bounce there's a lot of just like inside runs where i, I don't know man i, I wasn't overly excited with braylon allen i i'm not necessarily overly excited about anybody in the class i am a little bit excited about uh jonathan brooks i do see jonathan brooks as a player like he just makes some some moves where it's like he he's able to take some contact you know he's not just a a a guy that's going to run away from you but he can run away from you and then he also just had like a lot of like really like fancy feet you know what i mean in other words he's able to like you know small hurdles where guys going low or whatever like he's just able to like move through, you know, uh, obstacles very, very, uh, very well. I mean, I, I, I just watched Jonathan Brooks and that, that isn't everything, but it's something he's also a tremendous pass catcher. Um, so yeah, Jonathan Brooks sort of more of a do it all player. I I have concerns with Braylon Allen too. Again, it's going to be draft capital. I think he's going to not test very well, Braylon Allen that is. Um, and if that happens, then all of a sudden you start asking your the, the question. It, look, if he doesn't, the NFL is going to ask the question. What the hell are we drafting? Like, yep, can't yep. we get this anywhere? What, I mean, what, yep. Jamal Williams. What, exactly. What, the the first, what do you want me to do? I just I can get this anywhere, anywhere, anytime anywhere. I want. I can get this. Yeah.
1: Smart. Yeah. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah. All right, buddy. That's it. I mean, I don't know what else we can talk about. I mean, what else you want? You know, we we can talk about Caribbean Queen, Billy Ocean. We can do whatever we want. But I mean, this is. This is it. Anything else you want to mention? Any players I didn't I didn't get to? Any guys that you're like, no, no, no. Listen, I'm not leaving this show without planting a flag. Any flag plants Yeah, like that? I,
1: I've got I've got one flag that I do want to plant. I, I've Please. got one flag that I want to plant. And and I don't know why you didn't ask me this because it's on it's the show sheet. Oversight. Oh, sorry. Um, go. It, yeah, let's it's do on it. the show sheet, and you didn't yeah. ask me, but I have been pumping them up from the high heavens. And I do think that there's a very real possibility that we're looking at not one but two tight ends in the first round of the 2024 NFL draft. I think Jatavian Sanders is a fucking phenomenal tight end prospect in any other class. Not only is he the one you're talking about him being a, the reason that the, the folks who were on Sam Laporta, what they always said about him was he was a three down tight end. Like he's not just some slot guy. You can line him up on first down and he can go block for Jameer Gibbs. You can line him up on second down and he can go block for Jared Goff and pass coverage if needed to. And then he can do everything in line or you could split him out. JT Sanders coming out of high school is the number one rated athlete in the country. A lot of people Mm. thought he was going to play outside linebacker defensive end. Nope, I'm going to stick it. I'm going to stick it tight end. When you talk about an absolute mauler on the line, he is a plus-level offensive playmaker to help you spring runs. But he is just as dynamic in the receiving game. And he, at times, not A.D. Mitchell, not Xavier Worthy, was the top. I have seen him. Anytime I see a tight end in college, whether it be Kyle Pitts, Sam Laporta, Dalton Kincaid, when I watch Dalton Kincaid versus USC, the moment, that game where he had 20 goddamn receptions in the game, I'm like, okay. Like, this, like, that does not happen in college where collegiate offenses run an offense through a tight end. I've seen Jatavian Sanders take over games. He is incredible, dude. Incredible. So, when you're talking about another influx of young, athletic tight ends that can be playmakers from day one, Jatavian Sanders, mark my words, man. We'll be ta- You will look up and be like, dude, fucking Musgrave. Kraft is dope, but give me that guy. I want him. That's what an elite-level tight end looks like in the NFL. JT Sanders is the real deal.
0: I love this, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I overdrafted JT Sanders in our recent mock at the Undroppables. We did an article. Go check it out on the site see where I took him, go to theundroppables.com, find the the mock draft. It's there. Okay. I took JT Sanders above where everybody else thought I should. There was a little bit of game theory there because there's Brock Bowers, who we both agree is great. And then there's JT Sanders. And then I'm not even sure there's another one for a while. I'm not sure. At least I don't see one in any of the NFL mock draft database information where, you know, they, they kind of, it's like, we just don't see it. Maybe there's a guy, there could be a guy. I always find a guy late, but right now there isn't. And I was like, you know, there's nothing else. So I got to take this tight end or I'm not going to get a tight end type of thing. That's why I was kind of pushing him up a little bit, but I also really like, look, he was a five-star recruit coming out Um, He was a really fast athlete out of high school, as you point out. He's 6'4", 6'5", 255, 260 maybe. I don't know. He's going to be big, fast, strong, athletic, pedigree. You got me going, man. I love this. I'm so in on Jatavian Sanders. I'm excited about Jatavian Sanders. I watched him play a couple times. Texas, obviously a big school, so I did actually see some of him. Uh, That's why I like Jonathan Brooks for for those reasons as well. Obviously, you want to uncover a little bit more than just, you know, 30,000 foot view. But what I saw, man, he was impressive as hell. So I'm with you on JT Sanders. Um, Yeah, get me excited. It's one of those things. It's like, you know, it feels like the best tight end of of the class is never the first one. I'm not saying that's going to be Brock Bowers because he really looks fucking dope to me. But, um, you know, JT could be the man. So I'm I'm with you a thousand percent. I love this take. He's young too. He's old, He's, he's not, 20,
1: not even twenty-one. Yeah, he's twenty years old, man. Yeah. And defensive player of the year in the state of Texas. I mean, Sheesh. you just look at his high school. He's he's nasty, and and he is. He's like I Kittle. Remember how yeah. nasty George Kittle was? Like, just yeah. when Kittle popped off, you're like, dude, this dude is like punt. JT Sanders and I've got a I've got one of my good friends um shout out to Marcus Myers he is a, a UT alum played on the 05 national championship team so I get a lot of UT insight and he says like that was the 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 engine and the heartbeat of that team and mm. even in the games where he only got one catch it was like that team went as JT he set the tone for that offense first all time uh, for UT receptions for a tight end. I think he's like second all time in receiving yards at the tight end position at university of Texas. Uh, by the time we get through with the process, I think we'll be talking about two first round tight ends. And I'm not saying JT is going to go in the range of Bowers. Who's on a duck. He is a different cat, but don't be shocked because we've been looking for it for years. And this is my hot take Kansas city. That's all I'm going to say. Don't be shocked. Oui. Don't because everybody, everybody keeps talking about a receiver, receiver, receiver. I think they like yeah, receivers. The Wide receiver class yeah. is deep. I don't think they've got to reach on the wide receiver seven in the back. Take, take this elite level athlete that we know Mahomes Woo. needs a tight end to make this offense work. If Kelsey is gone, as some rumors are reported, they need, it ain't going to be Noah Gray. Like, I don't think that's right. who they want to be the guy long-term. JT Sanders would fill a twofold need. One, he's very good in the running game, and he's excellent in the receiving game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You 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 got me, man. I'm in. And he was also 15 yards a catch this year. Um, so, yeah, the big plays are there. You watch him. He's able to make big plays down the field as he, he's able to run by people and and just, you know, face plant them. You know, it's just the smush you know he just puts the arm out and guys go down yes. and he keeps going yeah he, yes. he's he's a he's a beast yes i love this you're making me happy this is great look at this we ended on a good note i love it there it is baby i love it oh my god so tell everybody what you're up to just where you're at and uh you know we'll we'll we will uh we'll kind of get out of here pretty soon here
1: and destination DestinationDevi.com, destinationdevy.com destination, destination Devi on youtube i mean scott and i are doing our thing we're grinding out, doing stuff for the rookie season, roster construction stuff for Dynasty. And uh, y'all know where to find me, man, more yeah, so man. than anything. Appreciate you, my man. Um, two yeah. hours in. I appreciate yeah. you uh, for having well, me on to let me share well, share the mic with you. And uh, I just hope people enjoy this. So, Thank you for, those thank of you for you out taking there, the
0: time. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking thank the you, time. Man. Man. I appreciate it. My yeah. wife
1: has been texting me like crazy, so I need to get the hell out of here so I can get in the bed tonight.
0: All right, well, hopefully uh, hopefully she's better than uh, – who, who who leaves you flaccid? Who was it? Who was the who player? Who was it
1: that left me flaccid? Who left me flaccid, man? Who uh, was Trey Benson. Like, was Benson. Trey
0: Benson. Hopefully she's better than Trey Benson. She's way better than Trey Benson. There's no doubt about it. So okay. go get yourself an upgrade over Trey Benson tonight and uh, and don't tell us anything about it. But thank you, brother. You're amazing. I love it. Every single year I could talk to you every day. The people absolutely fucking love you because you're awesome, entertaining, and uh, you're a pleasure to talk to. I fucking love it, man. Thank you so much. You're so generous with your time. Go check out Ray Garvin on Twitter or anywhere. His YouTube channel is awesome. Everywhere that he is, he's awesome. So go check him out. Thank you, Ray Garvin. And on behalf of everybody here at The Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at The Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer the world has ever known, Michael P. Duncan, you have been joined by the prolific Ray Garvin. This is Jax Falcone, and we
1: are... I we're sharing the same dream.